Previously on the Galactica Quorum. For the first time in a long time, we saw the, the memorial wall again. If we get to talking about that three-hour roundtable podcast where they mention how they don't seem to go back and revisit or think about their old lives enough, I, I, that kind of hit me, and it was kind of funny that this episode they did actually show the wall again. Your wife had an idea about the skin jobs and the colonies. Right, she made a point that there are 12 skin jobs and there are 12 colonies. So she theorizes that one skin job came from each colony. He's um, a Cylon lover. The first time I heard him speak with the accent, I'm like, what? Oh, my planet's gone. <laughs> oh. Welcome to episode number five of the Galactica Quorum. In this episode, we're going to do something a little different. Usually when we record, we say from the outset that we're not listening to any podcast before recording. But this time, the subject of the podcast is a podcast. It's the roundtable discussion that was on the sci-fi website uh, that was posted a few weeks ago. So, any general comments before we go into specific topics? Do you have an opening statement? Well, my opening statement is not really a general topic. It was actually really nice to hear the actors and the director talk about the show. I kind of wish that they uh, didn't. uh, it, It felt like they were having dinner party at my mom's house or something because they were all trying to talk over each other and try to drown out the speaker with a, a little louder voice or a little more excitement. And I, I, there were some really cool things being said, but I, I lost them with their rudeness. I liked it that way. I mean, I liked it because it... it, it, it I liked you were there with them. Well, it, it felt good because it felt like a real conversation, but maybe it felt a little bit that... Brian mentioned this earlier, that maybe they... I mean, the director knew he was doing a recording, but maybe the the actors didn't realize that maybe they just lost sight of the fact that they were making a podcast and that it would be difficult to really understand, you know, get everybody's point of view across clearly if they're all arguing over themselves. I mean, when you're talking or Jason or Brian, I could clearly just jump in and, but I, I bite my tongue. Whereas normally I would, would just shut you down with a louder voice, (laughs) but to make the podcast a little more legible and user friendly on the ear of the, listener downloader then that's all so maybe next time they talked about doing it again so maybe they'll do another one later and uh they'll just be more conscious of the other person speaking speaking of uh you mentioned jason everyone i get you forgot to do introductions this time so i'm dimitri i'm michelle and i'm brian and jason is not here he's kind of like our here he's sort of yeah we're recording this during the day after christmas and it's very quiet what do you think in terms of like the individual participants? I thought Kilo or Tamo, or I guess his name is real yeah. life person name is had the most sort of enthusiasm of they the speakers. Were really kissing his butt. They were quite a bit, but <laughs> I think like you're a genius. You're great. It's because of you that you're on the show. You're just awesome. <laughs> well, I think they were just giving props to a young actor who there's really no reason for them to kiss his butt. But from his point of view, he must have felt super stoked. Because oh, yeah. these people are telling him that the only reason he's back from the miniseries into the normal run series is because his acting of the character in the miniseries was so good and compelling that they decided to keep him as a character, which has got to be 
your head's got to blow up a little bit from that. But it didn't seem like he did. I mean, he seemed very humble by it. So I, I was actually, I liked him as a car- as a person. I I, mm. I think it would be it would be fun to party with him. Yeah, he, he he seemed like he definitely had the most enthusiasm because he said he'd only been in the business for a short amount of time. So it would seem like he would have the most. Uh, the whole experience is still fresh and new to him, and he probably is really involved in the character. And actually, since we're talking about this, this I had this kind of slated for later. But since we're talking about Hilo right now, how do you feel about the Hilo character? Because some people don't seem to. He's been, he's turned off some people with like recent actions. Killing off the Cylons that could have had the whole virus weapon. But I think that works in his favor. I think Hilo needed to develop in that way because he's in love with Athena, Sharon. He's torn between how certain things should be done with the Cylons. And I don't know. I think that's really how his character should have developed. I'm quite happy with the way that they did develop his character. I see really nothing wrong with him. I think it's interesting. Well, they mentioned this in the roundtable is that as soon as they made the Cylons human, then it adds a human aspect to it. And so that whole scenario where they want to genocide the Cylons, and then Hilo is the one who you know, decides that that's just not a good thing to do because they're human, but are they really human? So I think maybe Hilo's character, being that he's um, a Cylon lover, Maybe he, you know, he's, he brings in that bit of the audience into the show because I'm sure there are people who, who watch the show who completely agree with that. It would be easy to say, yeah, sure, just kill them, all my machines. But then it, maybe, you know, we're only watching the show, but maybe if you're in the story to do that to a whole race of people, even though they are machines, but they still bleed, uh, clearly they can, they can reproduce, you know, Cylon human couple can have a a baby that's living and breathing so you know how machine are they and so maybe he's you know he sees that so and i agree i mean i think it builds it builds his character so but i think they should uh they should play that a little more and i think it will happen because who knows athena wants to go see her baby she's gonna need help she's not she's not gonna be able to get off the ship on her own so maybe Hilo will help her out and then there'll be that well is he a traitor or is he helping out his wife or is he is he uh getting intel i mean there's, there's so much i think that can happen from that I, like, I don't think they're married what i don't think they're married who all right sharon and he i apologize let me rephrase you don't think they're married why they're not not his wife his life partner yeah <laughs> they never said anything about her well I'm, i don't whatever i mentioned it's it. so minor. i mentioned her as his well, wife in the credits, she said, or in the credits or as uh when they call out for her name as the pilot or whatever they always say sharon agathon that's his last name so she obviously took his name as... Okay, I maybe missed that. Just <laughs> jumped down my throat, you two. Yeah, I like that character, and, and part of the reason why I like him is because he's a new character. He, he's not Starbuck, he's not Apollo. There's no baggage from the previous series. It's right. in, it seems like they're unencumbered about having him a freedom for him to do things. Like I can't imagine Apollo having been thrust into that role where he was the one that fell in love with Sharon and I think fans are already up in arms already about the whole Starbuck Apollo twist at the beginning. Fans that were kind of upset about the whole reimagining. That character gives them somebody who can go outside the box a little bit. The one thing I kind of wish they didn't have to do, I understand why, is the natural progression of moving up the ranks that they go through where Hilo started off as the radio guy and then he moves up to the XO of the Battlestar 
And I liked him as the guy who was running around with a gun after he, you know, and, and now he's kind of moved back to final flight status, but just through attrition and various things, they keep moving these guys up. Like Apollo as, would you rather see Apollo on the bridge of the Pegasus or would you rather see him actually the CAG? And I you know, prefer him as the CAG. Yeah, I agree. Well, maybe Hilo was thrust into the position of being on the bridge because he was left on the ship when everybody else went down to the planet. Right. So the skeleton crew, so maybe it was a necessity to have him there. But maybe now that the rest of the crew is back and everybody's off the planet, or just about everybody, then his position that he was filling has been filled by the person that was there before. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I would like to see him back with the gun. Right. What a gun. Let's delve into the I have subs- no opinion of the gun. What? <laughs> we like the gun. What? I don't know what the gun is. It's just a real cool-looking gun. I'll post a picture on All the right. blog. I have n- I've heard you guys talk about it before, but I don't know. If anybody out there knows how we can get the gun, please let us know. So let's delve into the some of the topics they discussed in the Roundtable podcast. They spent a lot of time... Drinking. Pre- well, drinking, yes. <laughs> but uh, Except for Hilo drank water the whole time. He did, see? And then he left early because he was going snowboarding. He was going... See, what a cool guy. Yeah. You just gotta <laughs> love the character. They talked a lot about 33. They praised it. They they talked about it being one of their favorite episodes. What makes 33 good or one of the better episodes? Do you think it's one of the best episodes? I do, yeah. I think so because it you were right there with them. You felt it. You know, every three, 33 minutes you were like, oh, crap, you know, and then here they come again. And I thought it was probably one of the best episodes they've ever done. I think that they, they have dropped that, though, the 33 like there was no explanation. This well, not recently. It hasn't happened, and I don't you know why. Because the, the silence were on their tail so quick all the time, and all of a sudden they dropped off. But they said they had a tracker. What was the name of the ship? The Olympic something. The one they ended up blowing up. You are led to believe that was the thing that was constantly giving away their position. Oh, okay. But I mean, keep in mind they also had Cylons in the fleet. Right. So it could have just been the Cylons doing a, a mine job on them, and that's true. Saying, you know, you just had to kill off one of your ships, and. Uh, I think maybe I'm, I might be the uh, lesser species of this uh, quorum because I, I really like all the episodes have something that I like in them. It's not like I watch a show and then just think that I've wasted an hour of my life somehow. I actually I am entertained by all, all of them. So I don't know how I would come up with the best one. I would have to watch them all again, I think, in succession and take notes like Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't take notes. Sorry. Are you, are you Brian? No, but I should really start taking notes. I took a few notes today, but I only have four sentences written down, whereas Brian's got, uh, for the people who are listening, he's got two sheets of typed up paper, maybe 12-point, really And it has a cover sheet to it. (laughs) Yeah. That's why he's the leader with a nice mic. We're we're upgrading our equipment, but we were not able to acquire the other We got the cable. We got the cable. (laughs) But no mic. (laughs) But it unfortunately doesn't plug into the ones that we currently use. Uh, what I think about 33, after thinking about it, I think it resembles like a good science fiction short story. It's enclosed within that one time frame. It's a standalone. It has a essential premise, the 33. It's got the, the conflict of do they want to destroy the, the ship and the, the, the resolution. It's all solid. And I think you almost, I mean, it's good in the sense that it could have you could have swapped that out into any other science fiction franchise almost and it still would have worked It was because the, the foundation of it was just there and and but you throw it in at the very beginning of this series and it was just a good anchor it just it really made things work from then on 
and it had such tension. You couldn't get away with that now because, as we'll get to in a second, you know more about the Cylons and the tension of when they would show up and if they did show up, what would they do? What would they look like? What kind of attack would they have? I don't think you'd, you'd feel that today. So it really worked back then at the time. Well, I think in that episode, too, we didn't really know about the skin jobs too much. Right. So you're still scared of the Centurions thinking these big metal Cylons are coming after you at all times. Yeah. So that's kind of frightening. Something that's brought up briefly, which is kind of funny, I didn't realize it, but they mentioned that Baltar did not know Six's name. Yeah, <laughs> was, I, I think it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but think about it now, and that is kind of a kind of a glaring hole if you're like dating this chick for a year and a half or however long, and you don't know her name. But the Ron Moore explanation kind of works too. That he's just such has such a an ego, and he made it a game out of it. Yeah. Well, it's a super long, long, long one night stand. Yeah. No strings attached. But it does sort of, if you think about the logistics, if he tried to reach her, you could just see him like trying to like come up with a sentence where he went through all these things and then somehow didn't have to say her name. Or It seems a little bit like a stretch. But it's Baltar. It's Baltar. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she called him all the time. Maybe. Maybe he was just so pompous. He was like, ah, I'm not going to call you. You can call me. And she did. Because she had to, because he had the codes. Right. Uh, they spent a lot of time discussing and debating whether the Cylons should have been kept mysterious. And some are of the opinion, like Apollo, Jamie Barber, was, he's been on record in both this podcast and some magazines saying that he prefers that they had not made that move. How do you feel it's gone so made far? Made the move of making the skin jobs? Ma- no, making the move of having us, the viewers, go into the Cylon world where we see their base ship. So oh, we okay. see how they deal with each other. We see the interpersonal relationship. I slightly agree with him, only because if they had kept it that way, it would have added an extra air of mystery, and we wouldn't know what was going on. And so I slightly agree with him, but then also I do like going and seeing what the Cylons are doing, you know, going on the base ship. But I did like it when they weren't revealing too much. I actually really like that. Well, you do bring up, it does bring up a good point, and I agree. I think it both ways works. I mean, not knowing who they were is the mystery, and you, you know, the whole mystery of not knowing who your enemy is. You know, they're in that ship and they, they fly this type of fighter, but you don't know exactly who they are. But we did know that they were mechanical metal robots, so really that's not a mystery, then, really, is it? Because you haven't, if they haven't introduced anything else, then that's all you know. Why would you ever even think that there are skin jobs and then that woman, you know, six, we didn't know she was a skin job at first. You know, she's some, maybe she's a spy or she's a, a traitor or she's just a myth in his head. The story plays out better knowing or being able to see the, the skin jobs in their lives interacting because the story starts off basically these people are trying to eradicate the humans because... You know they have their their reason, but then as you as the show goes on, you realize well they're not perfect. They act and they have jealousy and they have anger, and they have all the characteristics of humans. So really, they're going to full circle themselves eventually. The Cylons will start fighting Cylons because. So I don't know. I think it. I think they should have at least kept the Cylons still kind of scary, because now you're getting to a point where. You're not really scared about the fact that the Cylons showed up again because now they're starting to negotiate and Mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, no, the Cylons are here quick. we got to jump out. Now you're like, oh, the Cylons are here. Let's see what we can do. Let's negotiate. Right, right. right. Yeah. Last before, as soon as they jumped out of uh, light speed, 
the Battlestar Galactica is setting course to get out, and and this, you know, the cliffhanger. You're right. They just sat around. Oh, look, here they are. <laughs> There's four of them. Yeah, but back in the day, they were like out of there as quick right, as possible. Right. Yeah, there's, there's got to be some sort of way of making them. You have to. I mean, yeah, I agree. That's, that's a good point. I'm not afraid of them. Yeah, that's the one thing I do think has been sort of not necessarily let down, but it, it's decreased the amount of overall overall conflict between them. That's the why I was hoping that the remaining five were going to be this other split off group that was going to be some other you know more deranged version that's going to be scary again. But I don't now as more things go on, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's. They're going more of a religious direction with the remaining five. I do think that the one thing they have that's still kind of scary is the Centurion, the the bullet head chrome guy. Yeah. Those are still scary. And the episodes that those are featured prominently, like the one episode I'm thinking of is when they had that heavy raider that slammed into Galactica and that boarding the raiding party got on the ship and it was it was almost like aliens, you know, they had these things terrorizing through the ship. And anytime you see those things up close, they look so menacing that even though they could be standing next to a skin job who could tell them what to do, sometimes you just don't know if they're just going to go, just go off, you know, and just start yeah. shooting things. I, I agree. I, I like, I like the, that when you talk about the, when they boarded the Galactica, because they're so big, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're almost twice as tall as a human and they, they, they fit uncomfortably inside the Galactica. That did make it look, scary and i like also how they're really big machines and they make a lot of noise but somehow back on caprica they were able to move around very freely and quietly and ambush anders group over and over and it was just like wow you know like when they're walking it's almost like they have two sounds they walk noisy and then they walk very quiet and so i i'm curious now now that we're talking about this how they play out the part on the planet with the temple and the Cylons are coming and that sort of thing. I mean, they know they're coming, but I mean, are they going to be menacing or are they going to? I can understand why they don't have the more because it's purely budgetary. They're purely a CG device. They don't exist in real life. They're all computer animated. So I understand why they don't have the more. I just wish they did. Yeah. Like if they were on the base ship and there were centurions standing around, like on the perimeter, that would be kind of scary, but there's not, it's all just skin jobs. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. And they, they obviously have to guard the ship, so they're obviously there. Yeah, and, and, and as far as budgetary things, I'm sure they could, just like they have a few ships and props, they could build a few bullet heads and just make them, you know, stainless steel, aluminum, whatever, pick a metal, and just put them in the in the room wherever anything is happening. I think that would it would add a little more scariness to it. Now, one thing they talked about briefly, and we kind of alluded to this earlier in another podcast, was the refugees, the colonial humans, how they've lost everything. And except for a recent episode where they had the memorial wall, they haven't really shown them remembering or having recollections of the past. I really, I hadn't even thought about it until they brought this up in this roundtable, but it's totally true that if you think about the enormity of it, they've lost Probably every person who's left has lost their entire family. It's probably unlikely that they have even one person left that is there. If there's only 30, 40,000 people left out of the billions that were across however many planets, uh, it's hardly unlikely that they even have a family member left. Their homes are gone. They're never going back. I just think they would be just, they'd be thinking about it more than they do. Michelle mentioned that last time with uh, jumping stories to Star Wars. 
Princess Leia's reaction to when her planet got decimated, you know, just completely annihilated into dust. And her reaction was very like, oh, oh, oh my planet's gone. Oh, <laughs> it was more like a space balls reaction than, you know, a I mean, human Luke reaction. had a better reaction when he learned out that Vader was his dad. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> and so I agree. I think there's episodes just waiting. They could easily play up the just suicide, I don't know, just got to become a huge depression. Personally, I would be very devastated if everybody in my family and all my friends just disappeared tomorrow. I would, I would, wouldn't function per- perfectly and I wouldn't function well. I would be, I would fail in my job. So I, I don't know, I, they need to really, just once, just humor us and play up on that. Throughout the discussion, uh, Apollo, the Jamie Barber, was very opinionated and just. He the- does such a good job at hiding his accent, it's amazing. I'm so surprised. The first time I heard him speak with the accent, I'm like, what? <laughs> well, one of the things he was talking about was the Cylon models not having variations within their own each individual uh, model. Now, I kind of agree with that to a point because he was saying that like identical twins don't behave the same. And that, that makes sense. Everyone, a few years ago in cloning, like our... Earth, real life cloning was starting to become this thing. They're cloning sheep, and people are like, "Oh, we can clone Michael Jordan. We can clone whatever." And it's like, but well, they not, do have, but not I mean, really, because if you clone it, it's not necessarily going to mean that that person's going to be a, a great fill in the blank. They're not going to be another Mozart. They're not going to be another because genetic twins just don't perform that way. On the other hand, the one thing that I think he's missing is the silent models are not just like identical twins. They're actually coded a certain way. Like when Sharon wakes up, she has hard-coded memories up to a certain point like all of them remember the academy all of them have flight training kind of like the matrix where they 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 give you they i learn i know how to fly a raptor they just wake up and they know innately it's not just they are studying from day zero like a baby and, and and grow up and have their own experiences and whatnot yes to a degree after they are resurrected or whatever from that point they're having their own individuality but they to Say let's say they're twenty some thirty well not, probably not thirty we'll say they're chronologically like we'll say twenty four twenty five they all have the shared memories of a certain time even if they don't you know what I'm saying I don't think that's true I don't think all the Sharon models have the academy and all of that I think it's the only like the boomer line that had it well if then that's the case then. Then they do have individual personality. Well, the Sharon on the on Caprica, who was not Boomer, said, "See, I remember when we did this, and when Hilo and her were on the planet, she was saying, I remember when this happened.' Or you yeah, know see, what I, mean? I was so, under the impression that it was only the Boomer line that knew all of that. You know, we could be. But you're right. Totally she wrong. did say that to Hilo. So that's my basis for thinking that all of them, up to a certain point, have the same shared memories, and that's why probably all of the Calvo models are all sort of cynics and atheists, and all the Leoden models are all sort of religious because they have a certain inclination to be that way because that's the way they're hard coded. And, and as far as the bo- you, you keep on saying the boomer line, it was only the boomer line until another Cylon was introduced that we now call Athena, but technically she's still the boomer line. I mean, they're all the same, but. No, I- there's one Cylon that was boomer died resurrected as boomer and then she came back 
And Athena said, that's Boomer. Right. <laughs> there was well, a she's boomer the Boomer. Line. I guess what I'm saying is all of them are going to share a certain memory up to a certain point. Right. right. And then from then they have their own life experiences. Right. So when they die with that life experience, they come back with that right. extra life experience. So that's why they're that's how they become individuals. Right. At first resurrection, when they're let's say you know twenty, let's use twenty four. When they're when they're resurrected at twenty four, they're all the same. But then as they go to different places in the galaxy, different ship, different planet, and they start gaining their own experiences, that's when they become different. So, I mean, even though there are twelve. They start off the same, but just like any child or any twin, their life experiences are going to make them different. Right. Although, I guess so, my point is because they've had 24 years of previous experience, even though it didn't really truly exist, in their mind it exists because it's coded that way. That's why there's not as much. That's my rationalization why they're not different, basically. As different as they could be. Well, if, I, time, time will make them different. Though. Yeah, right. I mean, right. If you give them several years you think about it they've only been around for you know who knows how long not that long yeah i mean clearly athena's life experience on the galactica and her loyalty to the galactica and having a baby and being in love with Hilo is completely different than any of the other asian cylons and i don't know who, how many of them are there you know there could be hundreds of them all over uh, the place well there was that one episode where she she was in that she came up in that cave see right and all the they all come up to her like you know, yeah, <laughs> like that scene from Toy Story where all those little things are going. Ee. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, and speaking of the twelve models, in an earlier podcast, we had your theories or your your wife's theory about the twelve models being from the twelve planets. Did you get I, to the part where he Ron Moore says the Cylons picked twelve because to them that's what the human race boiled down to? It was just right. twelve. I wrote that down that it boiled down to twelve, but. Just like we had the conversation, it may have may have boiled down to twelve, but you can't keep it that way. Mm-hmm. It's gonna it's gonna evolve into more than twelve. I mean, we have Boomer and Athena, so now that's I mean, if you're gonna talk about personality, that's thirteen. Right. And as life goes on and as they have different experiences on different planets, different people, with different humans, whatever, even though they the shell, there's twelve of them shells. They're going to um, evolve personality. And now there's this great breakthrough with Hera. Well, Hera is now, I mean, she's half Cylon, half human. So now the Cylons have, she's 13 or is she 14? So, I mean, there's a, you can't stop evolution. And I don't think you can, maybe at some point it was boiled down to 12, but it's, that's been ruined already with personality and with birth. That's kind of why one of the, Participants, I think it was Mark Shepard, who's the the new character we haven't seen yet, said that even though he thinks it's it's been said that there's twelve models, that there will be more models. And even in Ron Moore's like, well, I never even thought about doing that. And he's like, I know you don't, but I still think something will happen in the story that will mean there will be more. And I can totally see that. I can see that as the story evolves and as that's the way writing and creativity works. Is you start with one thing and it builds and things open up. And there might be something in the future where some episode, there's this one little spark or something that says, oh, this new element is going to introduce some other part of the story we never even thought about. And that could mean some other branch of Cylon, which we haven't even thought of. And also, I mean, there's no, there's no reason why the Cylons themselves couldn't create new Cylons. And what happens when Hera grows up 
if she has a baby with a Cylon and then that Cylon is three quarters mm-hmm. Cylon and one quarter human and then that baby grows up and has, you know, eventually if you breed it in a certain way, you can have a whole race of Cylons that are bred from humans. But Unless that's part of the, the backstory, we don't know why they haven't made more than 12. You'd think, I guess the reason that they come up with is they saw the humans as just 12 basic archetypes and they just said that's it. But what's to keep you right? What's to keep them from doing more other than just But that? then again, if you have 12 shells, we don't know how many actual Cylon bodies there are. And there could be hundreds, there could be thousands, there could be millions across the universe. It so, seemed like those resurrection ships, when we saw them, they were just filled with pods. Yeah, they're I mean, enormous. Yeah. If they're only boiled down to 12, then why have thousands of Cylons? Right. Now, one of the things we don't do is we don't discuss spoilers, but they do, in this roundtable, discuss a little bit. If you listen carefully, you can kind of make out some things. I don't even want to discuss it because it could be conceived as discussing... A spoiler, but okay, then don't. they do discuss <laughs> an upcoming character. They do discuss his profession and what he does. The lawyer. <laughs> Bingo. Uh, but I don't think that's... Mm, I don't no. Think, I don't think that's actually a spoiler. What? I mean, well, why else would they have him sitting in on the podcast? <laughs> no, but I know, but I don't... I mean, okay, it's a spoiler. We know a character coming as a lawyer, but before. Yeah. I, I mean, my brain is not advanced enough to come up with a reason why a lawyer would be a ooh I can think well, I can think of a couple reasons and it yeah. seemed like they almost said it explicitly okay. they were like oops we almost said something and I think it's okay for us to talk about it reading between the lines do you want me to say my speculation yeah, is? go ahead my speculation is he's representing Baltar Baltar is either on trial for his life or maybe some other thing dealing with the presidency or what have you yeah, you know, perhaps he's going to try and get the presidency back, and he needs a lawyer to. I I agree. I think it has to do with Baltar. I can't believe you said that out loud. <laughs> I'm ruined now. We're going to have to delete. How it. will I sleep tonight? You can um, delete it off the podcast if you want, but I've heard it. I have to bleep the I can, whole thing. I can hear the people unsubscribing as we speak. Oh wait, do we have subscribers? All twelve. Yeah. <laughs> All of us and some of the computers in the office. <laughs> Shut it. <laughs> okay, that wraps. I guess that wraps up this episode. Then we have an email at gquorum at gmail dot com. That's g q u o r u m at gmail dot com. And we have a new website. It's www.galacticaquorum.com dot com. At this point, we're still setting things up, but it does have a link back to our old website, which is still functioning. And that old website is thequorum.blogspot.com. And, and also, actually, I just want to interject, uh, if you go to the website, you can see what we look like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the big mystery. What do these crazy guys look like? Are they as geeky as they sound? I'm handsome. That's all I got to say. I'm geeky. And next week, or if not next week, then the following week, we do have another show planned that will deal with a lot more speculation as we get ready to uh, move on to the January premiere of the second part of the third season. Ooh. Okay, I guess we're done. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. So say we all.
<laughs> okay, I just think I'm having a lack of opinion. Okay, today. We're, we're at 25 minutes. So. Some, somewhat like the uh, the round table discussion. Michelle hasn't been drinking, but she's sure acting like it. I wish. <laughs> I'll be drinking in a half hour.